Awesome. Hello. Syncing it up. Syncing. Syncing to software recording programs. Awesome. Greetings. Namaste and salam malaikum. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very much for tuning into another broadcast of the Beyond Top Secret Texas broadcast. I'm Tex broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most Gulf Coast of Texas. It is my pride and privilege to be doing so. So thank each and every one of you out there in Dreamland for tuning in to another episode. If this is your first much obliged if this is your 400th, your 500th, or maybe your 5,000th. I don't know. Maybe you listen to this from the future. Most likely you are. <laughs> Just how far down the line. Well, that's yet to be decided. And at the time of recording this, it's equally likely that I reach five million recordings because I ain't ever going to stop and they ain't ever going to be able to stop me either I'll always try to find a way try to weasel in through the cracks because that's the good thing about being a survivor rather than a hero because I'm not a hero I'm not trying to be I'm not a leader, I'm not a messiah or anything like that, I'm a hard knuckled hard-boiled urban journalist of the noir style. Just like your classic private investigator, your classic reporter, during the 1920s and 1930s, my entire moral code is based on truth and, you know, justice and making sure those who are guilty of crimes face the punishment that they're do because it's the right thing to do. And it doesn't matter if you're a little guy like billions of us are or one of the very few billionaires. It's and justice for all. Not no justice for none. That's why Lady Justice is blind. Because she doesn't play favorites. That kind of sentiment, I think, is dangerous to the system. It's why I got canceled. January 5th of 2024, via Spotify, I had a sponsorship deal, advertisements. I was nearing a million listeners. I had 20,000 listeners a week. I was producing episodes nearly every day, uploading classics and archives, etc. At over 550 episodes, it was nearing 600. It was about, I want to say over, over 20, but less than 30 away, if I remember that correctly. I was getting serious about the anti-war broadcasts. I was publishing obscure and awesome occult Knowledge. I was rocking and rolling as hard as I could in that paint. Then they hit the brakes. 
over there at Spotify when I started speaking up too much about the real villain of this world, of this news saga, each and every time rearing its ugly head. It's the thing behind all plots, the decay and corruption of the teeth that is human history. Absolutely the bane of real utopia and progress. Its main weapon is deceit. Its weapon of mass destruction, money and debt. And one of its favorite strategies, the creation of nationalism, division, which ultimately leads to civil war, anarchy, chaos, death, famine, sorrow and pain, trauma. That scars that very society's psyche and then is used to manipulate it further to exploit it, to exploit the survivors, to entrench them into debts, to force them into slavery and prostitution. To ruin what dignity they have by hijacking their culture and means of production as well as communication, expression, culture, and art. Literally buying the cities and houses from around them. Becoming lords of the land, real estate lords. Corporate masters, bureaucrats, as well as the comptrollers of money, controllers of liquidity, success, of prosperity, as well as entertainment and leisure. These men are as much in these now hijacked societies, symbols of success and authority as they are the vice lords and great debauchers of once virginal communities. And I'm trying to mince my language, trying to handle it with kid gloves. Molly glove it. Because 
I don't want to get the spaces, uh, which this currently is also recorded on spaces on Twitter, just for posterity. But otherwise, I would be as uncensored as I wanted to be. There is no collar on me, no strings on me. In fact, I have really nothing left to lose since the only thing that I was trying to do was survive as a professional telling the truth. And until I can do that again, all of my work is literally... You know, me just just doing it because I have the time and energy. Which I have nothing but time, nothing but energy. They try to silence me by leaning into the censorship. I've been censored many times before. It's no big deal. It really isn't. I've had a Twitter that had millions and millions of views and tens of thousands of followers taken away. I've had multiple Twitter accounts taken away. I, I TikTok accounts taken away. I've had my Twitter account shadow banned uh, extensively. I can't post on alternative accounts on my phone, for example. Um, I can't post in the comment sections of most. Uh, accounts, and I can't post images uh, mostly on any of the other accounts either. So, I mean, that censorship, that's that's extremely, you know, extremely negative in terms of someone who's supporting themselves through their uh, journalistic, you know, self-employed freelance efforts. I can't resort to these things as efforts because they overtly ally and are part of the hijacked technocracy as well as the hijacking apparatus. I understand this. I am using the devil's printing press to Xerox copy my <laughs> my my Christian newsletter. I understand this fully. That it was not only the invention of, but originally even able and potentially like, you know, conceivable by this fucking dark sorcery. That is the technocratic technocracy. That was born from the Industrial Revolution. That itself was born from uh, the manufacturing and mercantile eras. Uh, that itself was born from human slavery in, in the slave trade. And that itself was born... From, you know, many, many different social evils, all of which, which are traceable back to this single entity, this single evil that is behind the entirety of history's evils. For lack of a better word, it is Literally the devil's work. But this isn't a history lesson. Although I can answer any questions. if For those listening to the, the live broadcast of this. 
over spaces. I can't answer any questions you may be curious about. But until I have people actually in the audience willing to ask those questions, I'm just going to go into my presentation. And for everyone listening at home in the podcast area, know that I will just be giving, delivering my presentation as I, you know, create it and as I see fit, as it happens. And I'll keep all the questions and everything from interrupting it. I'll keep all of that towards the end if I can. So know that in the future when you're listening to this and everything that, you know, this is going to be respectful for you too. It's not going to be constantly interrupted and everything like that. So, Okay, everybody, everybody buckled up, <laughs> ready to go. All right, might be a little rusty since I haven't really done this. But plus, I mean, that was a necessary break. I have been going hard, uh, so, so hard in the paint when it comes to uh, producing the Beyond Top Secret Texas podcast ever since... July, I think I produced at least four episodes a week on this banner, and that was four or five episodes a week, yeah, definitely, Uh, and that was regular, that was was consistent, original, you know, hours of content and everything, so I mean, that's just, you don't get that anywhere else, that's what's so unique about the Beyond Top Secret Texas brand is that we deliver just hours and hours and hours, hundreds of hours. I think by the time I did the math, and I know that I did the math last year, that you could actually add up all of my content. And it was like over a month. It was like 36 days worth of worth of continuous content. If you listen to it from the start to finish, it's like 36 days worth of content. It's like, it, it's redonkulous. But we have so much to say. We have to cover everything or else the questions will go unanswered and what's left unexplained will unravel any certainty that researchers may have already, you know, researchers other than I, And my own research may uncover. But, you know, it's just, we got to do it. We got to rock and roll. So, yeah, Texas and the greater Israel plot of the 21st century. Bring you up the speed with all of this. Let me just kind of summarize. I don't really want to go back to the whole talking for three hour thing. So I'll try to give it a summarized, more mature version of reality. Hold on one second. to speed with the modern day history of the greater Israel plot. Basically, it doesn't center on Texas, but that itself is becoming more questionable of a conclusion 
And I'm actually pretty certain now that Texas was and has always been a very integral piece in this plot. At least as long as I've been alive. The Greater Israel Plot was, some argue, the ultimate goal of the Zionists, which was, you know, going to be bankrolled by the Rothschilds and their many different tentacles of operations, financial operations, etc. Many different corporations that run the vertical and the horizontal across the many different industries that helped create the what you would call the modern Western world. And just like how Israel in the Middle East was going to be the anchor of Western values and um, a defensible, unsinkable aircraft carrier type establishment for the British uh, English-speaking world and their interests at that time over the Suez Canal, over oil interests and other various, you know, national intrigue issues. Basically, as it's been said, if Israel didn't exist, they would have to invent an Israel because it provides crucial... Um, a crucial beachhead and foothold in an area that is otherwise extremely hostile towards Western interests of all kinds, specifically because of the, you know, cultural history and, and, and uh, hostility that those Western powers have of those very local populations, the Muslims, the Arabs specifically, and the nomadic tribes, the Lawrence of Arabia type, you know, world and environment. And that these people um, are considered less preferable in all senses of the word than another certain kind of person based on differences of religion Ultimately, by any stretch of the imagination, that's fucked up. But it's also more fucked up when you realize that not only is it a double standard, or not only is it a racist standard, it's a double standard because it's based on old world caste systems of wealth and power but also in the racial supremacy ideology that's only matched with, like, eugenics systems and monarchies and things like that, uh, theocracies, etc. Because it's an overt theocracy. It's an overt theocracy. It is. And yes, at this point, you cannot cut a difference between the native indigenous theocracies, except it openly is incompatible with coexisting under the rule of those native indigenous theocracies. 
So there will always be a battle for supremacy, especially over mutually shared holy sites, which is colonialism based on theocracy, based on a sense of holy war. But these entire talking points, etc., become justifications for genocide, you know, apartheid, persecutions, real-life human costs, which create real-life political backlash. And within 100 years, it is very clear that this state entity, this Zionist entity known as Israel, is not going to survive. It is simply not going to. Only a fool would believe that any colonial empire based on such negativity that is as documented as anything that has ever happened politically and as as severe of a humanitarian crisis as anything that has ever happened in recorded human history including World War II including say the Maoist famines Maoist China including say the Stalinist purges or whatever arguably some of the most grievous atrocities ever committed immortalized in the digital age that has polarized every citizen to witness them in the known world a person from Indonesia can look at their smartphone and see recordings of survivors of bombings in Gaza just as easily as the American citizen can turn on Fox News, the mainstream media, CNN, and hear defenses and justifications from Israeli talking points and it is irrefutable unless you've lived under a rock that mainstream media of all kinds has been completely delegitimized as a cultural you know cornerstone it is unwatched unwatchable, unpopular. Its audience is a core group of people who were literally born before the 70s, the 1970s, well over 50 years ago. Those people are shrinking in number, as well as those people are also waking up to the bullshit, smelling the Folgers. And they are waking the hell up, breaking the conditioning, and seeing that CNN is outright been lying to them for the last 30 years. They see that every single news station just simply copies the other one before it in various degrees of nonsense. 
and they have been completely jaded since the 20-year fiasco in the Middle East transitioned into COVID, which turned out to be a giant nothing burger, turned into the uh, loss of Afghanistan, loss of Iraq, loss of the control of the Middle East, loss of this 20-year forever war, which they had supported. Remember, 20 years is a long time. Boomers, these people who were born before the 70s, were already older people in their 40s. They supported this. Now they are in their 60s and 70s. And trust me, they are getting smart to the fact that the Middle East is not the place to send American soldiers. And you know what else is happening? Americans are not joining the military because they too are fully aware after two decades of this rickamarole, this dog and pony shit of going to the Middle East based on trumped up absurdities based on colonialist practices, the seeking of blood for oil type policies the seeking of control of politics against American interests and western interests and as they are becoming ever more marginalized in a society that is ever increasingly divided and polarized um, it's, it's just like, it's like the writing on the wall, man. It's like not only do people not even qualify for being able to join the military, but ideologically no one fucking wants to. And no one really, like, is going to that's actually worth it. You know, you have your support. And yeah, I get it. The Army's all crap and lies anyway. The, the Marines are a bunch of liars. Uh, Navy's a bunch of liars. Air Force is a bunch of liars. It's mostly technicians, maintenance staff. Uh, people who sweep the floors and keep the bases locked up and, you know, like, keep the hobos away from, like, stealing the copper wires and shit. Because basically there is no threat, and there never really has been. Your gate guards are just there to kill the few people who seek suicide by cop, uh, you know, and the, in the odd false flag, or, they, you know, they're trying to just turn an exercise into a real thing. Um, you know, most... People in the army are actually obese because of the fact they're not actually forced to PT or keep exercise because they don't want them to leave. And they treat it just like any blue-collar job. Like you could get as much money and much more free time and freedom of, you know, self-direction and choice, etc. As well as just, you know, a better working environment if you worked at Midas or AutoZone or some bullshit rather than filling up the fucking Humvee tires at your local National Guard depot, you know, whatever, uh, your armory, Fort Hood or whatever. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's mostly women, mostly minorities, mostly Latinos, mostly Filipinos, mostly people like that, mostly blacks, mostly browns. Uh, white people are very rare, but even then they're only there to fit high-ranking positions because their fathers or they didn't have fathers, and this is just a way for them to be tough or, you know, join that bro crowd because they didn't have friends and stuff like that growing up, so they constantly feel like both they didn't belong where they were born and, you know, are seeking somewhere better to go. And, you know, then there are people who are just, like, basically low-key autistic, and they just think this shit is super fucking cool. They just think the military is, like, the coolest fucking thing in the world, and everyone gets to wear uniforms, everyone gets to, like, walk around, and there's, like, you know, order and flags and banners and all the, you know, emblems and, you know, patches and divisions and, you know, squadrons and um, all that shit. Really, you know, you're just basically a glorified electrician or uh, working in some kind of, like, makeshift factory and stuff like that. 
like in some FRC somewhere. You know, oh, what's 29 Palms? That's that's your real war is going to 29 Palms over and over again. While a real war is actually going on. So, yeah. Now getting into it. So, what is the greater Israel plot, and what does it have to do with that? Well, what that has to do with that is that, contextually, Israel is not going to be able to stand for much longer because it no longer has support, and it no longer has support from its bigger brother, as it were, the United States of America, or Europe, or Britain, because everyone's got basically no money in the bank anymore, no weapons in the stockpile or in the armory, um, no weapons really to sell, and pu publicly and politically, Israel is becoming a pariah. And it's becoming a pariah exponentially, so that what used to be the negative reputation gathered in decades like the French in Algeria or the French in Vietnam or the British in Africa uh, is now happening within months. And so Israel is becoming a bigger villain historically than, say, the British in India. Or Israel is becoming a bigger uh, war criminal or crime against humanitarian uh, than, say, Maoist China did, or was known to be in 30 years of his rule. Uh, you're seeing this play out exponentially now. So what used to take years is now taking a matter of days. You're seeing this happen in real time, if you're aware. But what's not happening are the shifting attitudes of American leaders. The American leaders are convinced and so entrenched in this policy. And I mean politicians, I mean the elite, I mean boomers, I mean the elderly, people who control American decision-making because they're the demographics that fill those roles. You can say that young people outnumber or young people are the future, but who's the head of corporations? Who is the head of companies? Who are the higher managers that run, like, the banks and the real employers of towns and areas who are the people who make real estate decisions or development decisions? Who The city planners, city commissioners, the people in charge of policies, the law, lawyers, judges, um, people who are in charge of city administration, for example. Those people, say, people who are behind the scenes in the office of your grocery store, people who are in charge of supplying, you know, entire regions and neighborhoods, zones or whatever, how they grid that off with food and service. Uh, 
Those people, you could say, are the leaders of America. Those people overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly support Israel. They support Israel with a passion, with a zealous adherence and loyalty that is a real-life representation of what is wrong in this country. (laughs) And that is there is such a disconnect of values and it borders almost on delusion from whatever perceptive, whatever side you're on. Now, we're on the right side, obviously, but if you're wrong in this case, then it's, it's very clear that we're wrong, right? But you're the wrong one, so keep that in mind. Because, and I, that's, that, that's a joke, but at the same time, people are so entrenched in their positions that they don't see reality for what it truly is. But if you do support Israel, you are wrong in the situation. They are criminals. This is a genocide. They run in a racist apartheid state. But because they have supported that since its inception, and, you know, whenever time they started becoming aware of it, the Six Days War, Yom Kippur War, uh, the Antifada, the Camp David Accords, or whatever, uh, they have really had the wool pulled over their eyes. And this is the weirdest thing, is that you'll go, say, into offices of managers or of people of importance and see Israeli flags in Texas. You'll see this in Florida. You'll see even people like the governor, Governor Greg Shabbat, I mean, Greg Abbott, he personally visited Israel. (laughs) He personally uh, prayed at the Western Wailing Wall. He personally signed agreements of cooperation and friendship alliances with the nation of Israel as a United States of America governor. They are absolutely moving along with their retreat and their evacuation plan through these means of cozying up, influencing and befriending the leaders at state level so that when the inevitable happens and Israel is forced to evacuate because as a colony it has collapsed, the racist apartheid state has collapsed, South Africa has repeated itself yet again. Rhodesia has fallen. And the natives are driving down the streets of Tel Aviv and Jerusalem in pickup trucks with weapons, with missile launchers, with machine guns. And they have overthrown the nation of Israel Where will the government, where will the military, 
Where will the Mossad, will, where will the major billionaires, tycoons, oligarchs, all of them go? Their original plan, it could be argued, was to go into the Ukraine, which they had made a hedonistic, Bolshevik, LGBTQ uh, sanctuary, laissez-faire capitalism, drug world, criminal organized, uh, organized criminal uh, super state. That's main economy was driven through child pornography and human trafficking. This was a place where you could go to buy a child's organs. They were doing what they are doing to the United States, to the Ukraine since the 1990s. And they have been doing the same thing to Florida, and they have been doing the same thing to Texas. Now, I won't talk about the Ukraine thing because I've talked about it before at great lengths. And, you know, if, if I wanted to make its own episode, it would be its own episode. But since that is being stopped uh, cold, dead in its tracks by uh, Putin and his uh, conversion to Russian Orthodox religion is uh, saving grace, as it were, then you are left with the fact that Ukraine too, like Israel, will simply collapse and cease to exist as it currently exists also within the next 10 years. They can't go to Ukraine. A, a, a rat on a sinking ship doesn't run to another sinking ship. It goes to a ship that isn't sinking yet. but one that's actually pretty damn close to sinking and will definitely sink with the decay brought along with the rat. These ships that aren't sinking are Florida, Texas, various states across America, and ultimately the USA as a whole. But for the sake of greater Israel... They can't remain a part of the United States of America. They have to be transformed into basically racist apartheid states where anti-Semitism is illegal, overtly exerting the Zionist control over discourse and, and you know, elite occupation. Remember, if you want to know who rules you, Ask who you can't criticize. This is shockingly close to being reality in Texas. It's almost already reality in Florida. As Florida lawmakers seek to push anti-Semitism laws, making it illegal to be or to publish any anti-Semitic material or anything deemed to be anti-Semitic. At a state level, which, you know, is a violation of the United States Constitution, absolutely. Absolutely unconstitutional. Because it infringes on free speech. But also, 
becomes also suspicious when you see one that many, <laughs> at least some, uh, Florida senators and Florida lawmakers have dual citizenship with Israel. Uh, people like Ron DeSantis, etc., are openly pro-Israel as well, uh, making the pilgrimage to Jerusalem and also praying on the Western Wall and making it a point to be photographed in a kippah and, uh, you know, sobbing like a bitch at the wrong fucking wall. It's not the Western Wall of the S Temple of Solomon. It's it's just a market wall. It's not even... I'm not even going to get started on that one. Oy vey. Oy vey, the goyim. Oy vey, it's the Michigas on the Western Wall. So, they're humping the wrong wall, first of all. <laughs> the Shekinah glory of, of God. Humping the ghost vagina of God at the wrong fucking wall because they're just stupid yids. That's not an anti-Semitic uh, description. Those yids are just stupid. <laughs> Those yids are just stupid. It's, it's not, arguably more of just a case of calling it as I see them. Um, then we're trying to be very, we're trying to handle with, with kid gloves here. I have uh, Elon Musk, that cocksucker, fucking charged me with obscenity like they did Br Lenny Bruce. Lenny Bruce back in the fucking 60s. Yeah. The more things change, the more they stay the same, am I right? <laughs> Oy vey. It's all I am. It's, it's the modern-day Lenny Bruce. The hot-ass wife like he had. Tits like alabaster. <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> what you're seeing here is the overt creation of the groundwork for the massive acceptance of refugees from this nation in the millions, mind you, under legal protection regardless of what the real conditions are politically of their expulsion from the Middle East in the future regardless of the real need as to why to uh, naturalize these millions of refugees. There will already be the groundwork laid by Greg Abbott. There will be the groundwork laid by Ron DeSantis to even defy the federal government. But I, I don't think that will even be necessary because I believe with the Trump-era future governments that this will be an extremely pro-Israel country. It'll be a Zionist country. It'll be a country where not only is it 50 states wide open, but 50 states giving the best they have to these Israeli refugees. But what will ultimately happen, regardless of no matter how well these people are accepted... And remember, these are the millionaires, these are the billionaires, these are the military uh, generals, the top brass, these are the Mossad uh, leaders, these are the internationalists, the people who are, you know, they are here because they can't be over there any longer, but they are constantly plotting to go back to the Middle East, they are setting up terrorist organizations, sabotaging uh, international efforts, cyber war, a training paramilitaries, training all of that. They're going to use Texas and Florida primarily 
to do all of that shit. These are going to be Greater Israel 1 and 2. And it's going to be Greater Israel that probably stretches from Florida to Texas. In political terms. Yes, there'll be the borders. They're not going to merge into one nation. But in political sense, it'll be mutually assured assistance in either defying the federal government or to create secessionist parties in the, 21st, in the, in the 2020s into the 2030s. Now, remember, this is going to happen whenever it does happen, so there's no timeline to it. But once they're actually forced into exile again, they're going to, in mass, be in Texas, in mass, be in Florida, or have overt control of local governments at the state level, have, local, have overt control over culture, have overt control over everything um, that would be considered originally the inheritance of people from that state. They'd have first priority for benefits, first priority for real estate investment options and, and you know, like uh, home loans, things like that. And there would be overt reference to them as being these victims, as needing, say, interest-free loans because it's not kosher to charge interest. And you'll see this be completely accepted by the people really in charge of Texas. The mayors, the city councilmen, the teachers, the, the businessmen, the leaders of corporations, the employers. You will have to, like it is already in Texas, sign paperwork if you want any assistance at the state level or if you want employment to support because you can't support Israel now, because Israel doesn't exist. You'll have to support Israelis or the Israel cause. They will fly the Israeli flag underneath the Texas flag around half-mast for years after this event. This is where Texit really comes into play. Already setting the groundwork. And how do you start a big old snowball? You start it with a small snowball at the top of a mountain. And you let it exponentially roll and accumulate momentum, gathering what it does, detritus, debris, uh, you know, wayward and lost sheep, you know, here and there. And then over five to ten years, you have a, a much larger much more vocal, much more organic-looking political movement from a very small core of basically psyop, professionals, paid interest people, demagogues, speakers, typical politician puppets, um, you know, Freemasons, wherever you find them. Um, exactly, might as well break them out of the loony bin. Might as well get them out of the retirement home, you know, and stretch out their legs, and they just run around and become folk heroes. And they become folk heroes for about five to ten years. And they, they post on social media, and then they create fan bases, and they start hiding their tracks. Because if anyone ever looks anything up, etc., they see this seemingly organic digital footprint, 
And uh, I don't want to call out any names, but there are many people on Twitter that you just look up Texit, hashtag Texit, and you'll pull up their Twitter accounts, which are based on that. Sixth Gen Texian, uh, Ghost of William Travis, uh, all this crap. Texas nationalistic chest-beating bullshit. Lived in Texas all my life. It's not like that at all. It's, it's fucking, it's a 30 million strong 21st century state. It's, you know, got its ups and downs. It's got its real people. Yes, it's, it's got every city is different. That's the amazing part of it. And it's super fucking massive. It's extremely beautiful, but its natural resources are being stolen from us. And they want us to believe in this idealism, which no one even in, in fucking Texas schools cares about or even, even knows about, learns about. I've learned about it and everything throughout my education, but I mean, like, what is, what, what is that question? What is it? What is it? What does it mean to be Texan? What does it mean to be, to be a Texan? Does it mean to be in the image of the Freemasonic white slave owners that created the state because they didn't want to convert to Catholicism and speak Spanish? After they moved to Mexico and after they signed contracts specifically saying they would learn Spanish and convert to Catholicism in exchange for land... That was granted to them, and at that time, the northern territories of Spain. Do they want us to be those deceitful, arrogant, racist assholes who thought they were too good to live in the United States 200 years ago? Do they want us to be those guys? Do they want us to be those guys that were so fucking terrible at their own revolution that two entire armies of reinforcements were ambushed and killed by the Mexican army that was walking on foot. How do you get captured by thousands of men walking in a big group? Look up the massacre of Goliad. Look up the Alamo. Basically, these men were caught by surprise. (laughs) Remember the Alamo. Do remember the Alamo. Actually, look it up. It's not that impressive. It becomes almost a comedy in terms of just how dumb it all is. And then, think about Texas as an independent nation. This thing they want you to be patriotic about. A slave nation that was so poor, it couldn't afford to exist. It lost the only war it fought, which was against the Native Americans, the Camancheria, and joined America because it was afraid of Mexico, taking it back over And the men were afraid that Mexico would punish them for having revolted in the first place. So this awesome Republic of Texas, the yippee-ki-yay, six-shooters, you know, blazing uh, symbol of the West, right? 
and American independence. Um, it's all a fucking boondoggle. It's an absolute disaster and almost a complete failure if it wasn't for the interconnected Freemasonic communications and diplomacy that was already going on between, I believe at the time it was Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson, famous Freemason, such a high-ranking Freemason that he became the President of the United States without learning how to read. Um, this is cannot be underestimated enough that he was also from Louisiana. And Andrew Jackson, uh, old Hickory, uh, was one of the good old boys from the bayou, which is on the Texas border. So it wasn't like they had to... Con- contact and talk to D.C., they were talking to someone who literally lived across an imaginary line on a map and were just like, hey, why don't you get the United States Army to, like, just come this way a little bit and we'll say you're the, we'll say we're Americans. And then he was like, yeah, you just have to become a state, you know, become one of the states of the, you know, the country. Yeah, we'll hook you all up. You know, Freemasons hooking at Freemasons up. Basically, that's what the whole story of the independent republic, quote-unquote independent republic of Texas is. And they want you, because of this cartoonish fucking nonsense, to forget all the modernity and progress that the Texas has made as a member of the Union... And they want you to again fall for the idea of succession. Succession and being an independent power. And they want you to believe that Texas gained its economic wealth independently from any influence or overt oversight and overlordship, basically total control over, by the federal government in any of its pursuits, be they industrial, be they agricultural, be they sociological, be they cultural, be they educational, be they medicinal, be they whatever, right? They want you to think that Texas just did it on its own and without the United States would have achieved the level of prosperity which it currently has. This is a carefully tailored lie this is 100% all bullshit for the first part of it. Texas is extremely poor. They are impoverished beyond belief because Texas doesn't have any labor force recognition in terms of uh, being a first world, 21st century, post-industrial complex type country in terms of labor unions, in terms of uh, workers, representation, human resources, uh, and all the benefits that goes into protecting and ensuring a secure workplace. So, people are basic, working class people are treated basically like slaves. And employees, employers, until you reach a larger level of supervision and, uh, you know, connection to national level businesses, etc., are basically individual criminal kingdoms that seek to abuse and exploit their employees at every single turn while maximizing the so-called profits which justify these abuses for their owners. 
This is a, a part of the world where business owners still prefer to be called owners. Not CEOs, not executive officers, nothing. They prefer to be called owners because they want to emphasize the fact that they own the business and thus they own the employees. When you're on the clock, you're on their time, and they emphasize that, which is the perfect recipe for the exploitation of the working class, regardless of what that working class is. As things change, they stay the same. So it's a state that's built on exploitation of poorer people. It's built on debt. It's built on phony and fake nonsense and bullshit, like keep Austin weird, that being just nothing but a way to siphon money away from college students and college-age people, uh, to get entrapped into the real estate market, which charges more than the uh, standard of living allows for in Austin, forcing more than 70% of Austinites to, quote, live, you know, live in poverty because their rent is more than they earn. This leads multiple people to have to share a house, etc., and so you see that a lot of what Texas has and is is but entrapment to help, like the bread and circus, to help um, convince and control the rather large population, 30 million people, that surprisingly live only within about five or six different cities. Texas, while it's known for its wide open spaces and resources, rural resources like livestock and ranches and, and agriculture in the south, the Rio Grande Valley, with all its farms and its orchards, most of Texas' population lives in five cities. 30 million people, a majority of them live within five cities. Meaning that most of the wealth is concentrated into these five modern 21st century cities. They are no different than anything you would find on the West Coast or the East Coast, either with values or population demographics or political beliefs of their leaders or the actual rhyme and reason of the lifestyle, getting apartments, working your ass off, going to places simply to spend all your money, uh, live in debt, rinse, repeat. There is nothing independent in this, in San Antonio, Austin, Houston, Dallas, um, Brownsville, anything like that, right? Corpus Christi, uh, Waco, uh, San Marcos, anything like that. There's no, there's no real sense of it being a separate place. That's all 100% propaganda. The country is overtly controlled by large landowners. You know who else is a large landowner? Bill Gates. You know who's a large landowner? Uh, Elon Musk. The communist Chinese. Just because individual Texans may have owned the property for generations, and yes, this is impressive amounts of land, it is as corporate as anything else, anywhere else. 
They've had to pass laws saying the Chinese communist government can't buy any more land in Texas because they were buying hundreds of thousands of acres of it. The idea of Texas being for Texans is 100% bullshit. It's for people with money, wherever you're from. And it will be for the Israelis with money when they're forced to be exiled from their failed, collapsed, racist, apartheid colony state. They're going to come to Texas, they're going to buy hundreds of thousands of acres of land, they're going to buy nearly millions of square acres of land, in the big cities, they're going to buy apartment buildings. They're going to become real estate agents. They're going to become skyscraper owners. They're going to become business-to-business real estate agents in that sense. They're going to buy and create companies, uh, specifically chari- they're going to have charities. They're going to have fundraising drives. They're going to control the cities and the countries. They're going to do it through shell companies. They're going to do it corporate interests. They're going to have lawyers, lawyer them all up. And they're going to have, like I said before, the groundwork from Greg Abbott, from state-level lawmakers, attorney generals, sheriffs, uh, sheriffs which are elected officials, judges, all of it. Corporate uh, managers from HEBs, Whataburgers, the local, uh, you know, better business bureaus, the, the chambers of commerce, all of them are pro-Israel. Pro-Israel to a zealous degree because they're just taking marching orders. These are the same people who took their marching orders during COVID to mask up, six feet apart, lockdowns, all of that bullshit. Take your shots, all of it. Same puppets, same people. So no, there won't ever be. It's, do you see the, see, see the dog and pony show? Do you see the fucking way they're leading you stick and carrot wise to not only support them but to give everything you have up to them once everything they've had they wasted and threw away and were basically defeated because they deserved it etc but now you're fronting the bill and from texas they're going to start perpetuating the same bullshit again racist apartheid class systems they're going to start creating um pro Zionist discrimination policies where they are the supreme elite just by this given birthright of theirs, by the status of theirs. They're going to have uh, an up development of schools and uh, special neighborhoods, subdivisions where only they're allowed to live in because they're going to say, well, everyone else is anti-Semitic and Texas will support that with taxpayer dollars. They will take money from you from your state taxes. They will take that from your sales taxes. They will take from lottery sales. They will take that from the schools if they have to. To develop special interests for this greater Israel plot of theirs. Knowing that they can't survive where they are now. Where they pushed in the directions where they pushed in the 21st century. The 21st century moving into the 2030s, 2040s, 2050s will see the creation of a greater Israel in Texas and Florida. And when opposition occurs on a federal or on a national level and on a state level, on a local level, when resistance begins to occur organically, 
not because of anti-Semitism, not because of uh, pro-Islamic sentiment, but because local people from these states who are themselves multi-generational, who have as much tie to Texas as anyone else, once they realize how bad of a deal this is for them, how their taxpayers are going to support these people, regardless of what's actually the context of what's going on, regardless of what's actually the details of names and places and words, those people are going to be punished by the states at a state level. They're going to go to state jails because the anti-Semitism laws, because the oath to support Israel uh, existing, going to be violated by some contractors, some people, trust me, the dirt's going to be brought up and it will be brought to court, and you're going to start seeing people suffering legal repercussions, fines, lawsuits, etc., and forced to bend the knee to these foreigners. It's going to be a complete contradiction, but it's going to be rubbing in your face the idea that Texas is no longer for Texans, but is for greater Israel. And in the inverse, the opposite, Texas will be either co-opted by the Zionist, you know, like uh, hardliners, the hardcore Israeli people who believe that Texas should just become the second Israel or they should send soldiers to the Middle East to crusade to get Jerusalem back. And these are going to be the hardline Christians and the hardline conservatives and the hardline MAGA people. You know, like, oh, uh, you know, certain the Democrats lost it, the liberals lost it. We got to go the opposite way. We got to have a succession, a national divorce, and Texas needs to become greater Israel. Texas will become Israel 2.0. They really want that. And the other part of it will be these neoliberal, uh, capitalist, globalist, laissez-faire, NWO types. Remember, that's who they were in the beginning, and that's where they always will be. And they will want Texas because it helps out capitalist business interests. They want to create a corporate utopia where only money talks, only corporations rule with their armies of lawyers. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, uh, all of these billionaire types. You go to Plano, Texas. You go to Dallas, Texas. Fortune 500 companies. Everyone thinks Texas is just fucking cowboy hats, steers, and queers. No, it's absolutely Fortune 500 companies. Billionaires from the Middle East, from India, from China, UK, the EU. You have conferences in Houston and Dallas that if you added up all the total wealth of all the attendees in these petro, you know, OPEC conferences and uh, greater business conferences, etc., would number in the trillions. This is what they, they're only stopped by the laws. They're only stopped currently by constitutional laws. They're only stopped currently by federal laws. Because no one's above cop in a felony case. 
you ask old Jeffrey Epstein if a billionaire can escape federal jurisdiction for very long. No, no amount of money in the world can keep them off your ass forever. So all the billionaires, the only thing they fear is the U.S. federal government and its DOJ system, believe it or not. Do you think they'll fear Texas and its court system when they know they have literally Greg Abbott and people in his corner and people in the Texas movement literally eating out of the palms of their hands? And they can always disguise every attack on them as anti-Semitic, reframe it as such. So they can always hurt the little man, always lean on the little man, always get the bank to do a little audit on him, always get the lawman to kind of do a little drive-by on his property, maybe do the little deputy, county mountie, let him go across, you know, like look in his backyard, maybe see if he's got some kind of like a zoning violation or something, give him a ticket. Just park a car outside of his house, you know, put a little pressure on him, make him make his life a little worse. Maybe get his employer to fire him. Then make it kind of a a bitch for him to get unemployment because he's got to take this oath and everything. And then they get him on the oath when they do, like I say, a search on his uh, social media feed, go through his Facebook, see if he's got said anything, posted anything, see if he has any unsavory friends on that social media thing of his. You see where this is quickly spiraling out of control. Your Texit, the people's Texit, the 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 Texas version of the Patriot, the Texians, Texit, quickly becomes opening the door to absolute oppression from these elites. People don't even know already. Texas is controlled by a technocracy, technocrats. Can the good old boy even comprehend what a technocrat truly is? Can the, can the average shit-kicker Texan actually comprehend how important technology is in the 21st century? Do they think their one vote matters when Texas itself has adopted a digital voting system with software that was created in Taiwan? that relies on literally international technicians from India to maintain, that was built and uh, was bought and uh, was uh, proof-tested in Venezuela. Like I said, there's no difference between the corruptions anywhere else in Texas. The Dominion voting system that was used in Atlanta and Arizona, used in Texas. The Democrats that rule these five cities use the same shady fucking tactics. They use the same things. Everyone knows this. No one wants to talk about it because it's obvious. There's no difference between Atlanta, Georgia, and Houston, Texas. Not one difference. Not politically, not in the quality of person who makes up the elite 
not in the quality of person who makes up the citizen, who makes up the local business owner, who makes up the local homeless people, the criminal element, the vice element, all of them the same. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Remember, i got to handle this with kid gloves. Got to use a lot of euphemisms. I got to use a lot of metaphors. I got to use a lot of veiled language. Because there's a lot of sensitivity about the truth. But at this point now, you'll realize that it's made that way. Because this is a long-term plan that they've had to resort to exploiting as a way of retreating from their defeat. And this is inevitable. Like it's inevitable already. You're already seeing it roll down the hill. You're seeing it build up momentum. The only thing we're doing now is guessing how 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 large this movement will get and if it will truly succeed in causing a civil war too officially with states officially succeeding from the union I think it might I honestly fear it might I fear that within two or three decades, maybe four or five decades, you will see the state and its populace prepared with enough predictive programming and propaganda to foolishly not only create the system of racist apartheid and exploitation of labor that created the pressures on the South that forced them to accept succession, but you'll also see the idiocracy of the South to be led again into the slaughterhouse of war with the greater United States by the same masters from the same tribe of the same religion that did it in the original Civil War in the 1860s. The Jews. And they are creating and recreating this game plan that failed back then because to them, they don't care if it works. For them, this is how they survive. They hijack existing states that are prosperous. They bring them to civil war with basically outright lies, propaganda, and brainwashing. They create division. They create civil war. They create tribal warfare, uh, racism, uh, exploitation of the working class in favor of the billionaires, in favor of the technocrats, in favor of the industrial leaders, the lawyers, um, the lawman, uh, the, the mayors, the politicians, the doctors, 
the people who don't really, really work for a living. The people who actually build shit, well, you know, they're slaves. They're treated like shit. They're expected to be treated like shit. They have extremely violent police forces, which help, you know, intimidate and are no more than boot, uh, jack-booted thugs, heavily armed, and allowed to get away with murder. Their cities become slums and ghettos because they're landlords that try to steal as much money through rent as possible and force people to pay literally almost until it's unsufferable and unsurvivable. But they don't care because they're bankers and so they create invisible systems like debt or fiat or credit. And they'll do things like, okay, well, we'll, we'll pay you because we're also your employers. So we know we have to employ X amount of people because we need the rent, but we need to only pay them so much and then take that money that we know we're paying them in the rent. And then we'll tax them and tax whatever money we know was left behind. And don't worry, we own the grocery stores. And not only will we own the grocery stores, we'll charge you the prices of the goods because we own the farms, we own the real estate, the country, we own the ranches, we own the cotton that makes your clothes, as well as we own the Walmarts that sell them to you. And don't you know that if this is illegal or unconstitutional or unethical, well, we want you to shoot yourself in the dick by taking away the only thing that can protect you, which is the United States Constitution, the power and strength and numbers that the United States has to bring to bear, under a common ideology of mutual support of freedom and liberty and inheritance of a homeland from a foreign invader, not just a specific racist apartheid state which supports and favors a certain kind of person from a certain kind of tribe, a certain kind of background that waves a certain blue and white flag with a certain six-sided star in the middle. Well, because that would be literally the only thing that could stop them. Well, let's get you to get away from that. Let's get you to divorce that. Let's get you to wage a war against that. And have that actually destroy your infrastructure, create trade embargoes, um, you know, absolutely create generations of ill will and negative political consequence and backlash, as well as just the human sorrow and real cost of the men and women however many there will be that will die during any of this because they didn't have to and no one has to die no one no one should die ever i think every veteran of war knows that that the enemy 
you know, at the end of the day is as human as you are. And that in a civil war especially, there is no greater waste of life. There is no greater cost of fucking human idiocy and violence, barbarism. You know, what's so civil about your war, you know, type thing. It's, it's 100% a sign of the worst cultures, the worst tribes, the worst countries to go through a civil war. Only the most backwards and primitive people go through a civil war. It is A civil war is the worst thing you can experience. Especially when you already know the effects of a civil war, having undergone one in history that's as well documented as the American Civil War. And to have it replay itself, because people do not learn from history, that's a nightmare. History is a nightmare we're trying to wake up from. Not a nightmare we can't wake up from. And playing it out even further, just like how the First Civil War ended with Texas's destruction, the South's destruction, huge loss of life, huge loss of infrastructure, the great resetting politically, uh, martial law, the creation of things like the KKK, uh, lynching, lynching, that's, that's a fucking fun history of fact for Texas, so many lynchings, hundreds of lynchings. Things like that. Basically the Dark Ages. That were the 1860s to the 1950s, 1960s in Texas. Everything like that's forgotten about. Uh, because people want to forget. People believe that women weren't all prostitutes are outright whores, are just sexually abused by their family members and exploited by men in every single town, big city, or small city in Texas. That was the Texas way. Like, women weren't just beaten by their husbands uh, regularly. Like, kids weren't abused regularly. Like, every single child wasn't beaten physically in Texas up until 1997. Like, they want you to believe that people were not murderous psychopaths in Texas to the point that they, why, I don't know why that guy went up in UT and shot all those people on the tower. It must have been crazy. I'm surprised it happened so few times in Texas history. And hell, with the cops like in Ovalde, I'm surprised <laughs> it doesn't happen every day. It's not like they're going to stop them. Those cowards. So where does Texas heroism come from? Where does Texas heroics come from? Where does this myth of the Texas virtue come from? Of the noble cowboy? Of the, of the Hank Hill in the modern world? It comes from Hollywood. You know who runs Hollywood, right? They 
They want you to have just eyes wide shut when it comes to reality. They want you to live in this delusion of propaganda and hashtags. Text it. Text it. Yeah, text it. We're going to text it, man. We're going to. South will rise again. We're going to be a national divorce. We're going to be independent. That's going to save us all. That's going to be the best thing for us. Fools. You know what's going to suffer? You know what always suffers in silence? Christianity. The Christian ethos. Christ. More people will turn their back on Christ during this century than ever before. More people will be deluded by those that hate Christ, that killed Christ, that spit when they hear his name, by those that Christ hated more than any other one, sinner. Those that Christ tipped their tables to force them out of his father's temple. And you remember that. You remember these words, those listening right now and those that will listen in the future when I publish this online through the podcast. As men are eager to waste their lives, to die for this bullshit. As men are killed for this bullshit. And all the different thousands of ways men will be killed for this bullshit. Either in... prisons and death row or being murdered and lynched by their neighbors or being just shot in the dark in their driveways. You remember as this country, as this state, Texas, is being destroyed by bombings, as it's being ripped apart by riots, as it's being sent into bankruptcy and debt, and as its land is being taken and made into a fortress where no man can profit from it or inherit it beyond billionaires and the kings of this earth. No man can succeed or thrive without an army of warriors. That if you make enemies or speak up against those that are stealing your very home and your children's home from you, they will sue you, throw you in jail. And Texas's governors, mayors, School superintendents, HEB managers, well, they'll all applaud and say, good, got another one of them anti-Semitic bigots, 
through his ass and the clink. Remember that for all those people that fought for the American flag for for as much bullshit as it turned out to be. Think about how much bullshit it will be. When that country is getting torn apart. Torn apart by this fucking tribe of exiles that have been kicked out of a hundred and ten countries. Who have said they care not about who makes the laws as long as they make the money. And by a people who openly believe they are God's chosen people. And everyone who is not them is but an animal. And that God will give them in time all possessions, all lands. Give them those possessions. Not to give everyone those possessions. Not to give you those possessions. No, it's personal. No, they are coming for your shit. If they don't already own all of it. Including your ass. Along with it. That has been the Beyond Top Secret Texas broadcast. Triumphant Return. Published through Red Circle. Feels good to be back. Thank you all very much. I won't make a big deal of it. But we'll be back. Might schedule might be a little different, but we're back. Beyond Top Secret Texas broadcast. You tell your friends. This has been Tex, broadcasting from the third coast, the coast with most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. It's my pride and privilege to be doing so, so thank each and every one of you out there in Dreamland. Peace out.